All right, guys, welcome to episode 40 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Eva Castro. And this week, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, uh, which is some Jane the Virgin and some uh, Pen15? Is that how it's pronounced? Mm-hmm. Um, Penis? <laughs> <laughs> um, what we've been playing, uh, we're going to talk about the NBA, where we're at with that, and then you know a little on the MVP talk and you know what teams we think. Uh, we're going to talk about uh NBA top shot and other cryptocurrencies and how, you know are are they legitimate forms of things or are they kinda horseshit? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um and then we're gonna just do some quick callbacks to some stuff we talked about recently, which is that uh Ever Ever was not tracked down and murdered in the wilderness. Um <laughs> as as you can hear him. Yeah. Um and my boy Bobby Schmurder's out. <laughs> Let's go. Alright. Um but first Yeah, do you want to go first, or I go first, or... Um, yeah, I'll talk about one of mine. So, okay. my wife's been watching uh, Jane the Virgin, um, mm-hmm. so I, by default, have been watching it with her. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, the the main point I wanted to get across here is that, like, one, the show's absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but, so- um, <clears throat> season three, I want to say around season two or three... Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, so season one, you realize that, like, she doesn't know who her dad is, but you learn that her dad is actually this big uh, telenovela star in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then around, like, season, I feel like it's three, but it could be a little earlier. I, I don't keep up with it that well. There, There's a storyline of him trying to bring telenovelas to the Americas. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, that. I think that's what the show is attempting to do. Oh, it's like about the show itself? <laughs> it's like... like not not really cuz it's it, like it's it's more like it's just about him and he's not the main character like like the show isn't about that telenovela coming to the americas mm-hmm. that's just a small thing that like one character is going through yeah. but i think they kind of like i think that's like you know what i mean just at some point they're like you know we're just going to kind of point at this a little bit you know what i mean yeah like, no yeah, yeah yeah i actually i actually watched some of it i watched like the first season in some change and mm-hmm. then I just kind of like stopped watching it, and then just never picked it up again. Right. Um, not not for any particular reason. I wasn't like, "What the fuck? This isn't realistic at all." I'm out of here. I'm gonna go watch The Sopran or Game of Thrones, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was just kind of like, uh, "Oh, like, oh, I forgot to watch it today. I'll watch, you know, the episode. I'll watch them tomorrow." And then I just never picked it up. Right. Um, but yeah, but you like it you so so far? Uh, it's. I don't think this medium is for me. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, you mean I, like television or the 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 genre of oh uh, yeah sorry I guess like a telenovela because like I don't here's the deal. like I I don't the whole time we're watching this I'm not like Ugh, like whenever something ridiculous happens because I know mm-hmm. that's the point mm-hmm. but like at some point like I don't like regular soap operas right because mm-hmm. I'm just like okay 
And at one point in the show, they describe telenovelas as like a regular American soap opera just cranked up to 11. So, mm. like, I assume that telenovelas are even more ridiculous than, like, the normal soap operas we know here. Yeah. And this is kind of at that point where I'm just like, all right. So, like, <laughs> like we haven't met any new significant characters since, like, legit season one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're still going through the same, like, <laughs> like th- this, like, these two people have been together and then not together four times. And then these two people, like, someone has died and come back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Someone else, like, it, there's, like, a crime lord that, like, keeps getting in and out of prison multiple times. It's just, like, at a certain point, like, Jesus Christ, sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like fucking, have you heard, um... What's the uh, the show Riverdale? You know that? Have you heard of that? Yes, one? my wife also enjoys that show. Yeah, it's it's like. Have you seen somebody on Twitter put this week? They were like, "What? Are they, what is this?" And they, it's like the scene of one of the teens working in a jewelry shop, and it's it's filmed exactly like uncut gems, like with the quick cuts and the things. Like, <laughs> is this like uncut gems? <laughs> reference that they're doing and she's like Bobby Bobby and you just hear like a bunch of like people talking back and like duh, 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 duh. and she's like buzzing people in like in the movie into the jewelry store and she's like no no your wife your mistress isn't gonna like this jewelry she's gonna like this one and people are like what the fuck is the show <laughs> yeah so I remember I was talking about it with my dad and he was like I actually tried to watch it and he or my dad said he actually tried to watch it but he was like but I couldn't get past the fact that these were supposed to be high school kids and they're all like Jack and ripped like they're in their fucking prime 20s. <laughs> yeah, and all the girls look like they're in like 25 years old. Right. And then what killed me... So, again, like I'm able to... It's it's weird the things that catch me, right? Because like, mm-hmm. I'm able to like... Sus- suspension of disbelief like for so much stuff, right? Like I, I, we're watching Riverdale and like the fact that there's a kid that's like... like uh, the leader of a gang in town that's like, and then also just writing in high school and acting normal. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like some of these things don't really line up, but like, and like one dude got in an underground jail fight club. Like, and I was like, okay, like this is a high schooler still, but okay. Mm-hmm. But like one, the dumbest thing for me that like immediately threw me off was at one point, like the, like Archie and Veronica, which are like together. Yeah. They, like, legit just, like, walk into a room, and, like, it's a classroom that's completely empty, and, like, at the beginning of the school day, which I don't think is a thing, but, like, completely empty. They're, it's one of those ones that has, like, the window, you know what I mean? Like, the door has, like, the window so you can yeah. see into the classroom. Yeah. They just walk in, shut the door, and start having sex in the classroom, and I'm like, <laughs> this this seems ridiculous. They're, like, two episodes ago... Archie got attacked by a bear and got away. That was fine. <laughs> they walk into the classroom to start having sex while the windows open and kids are just walking back and forth in the hallway. And I'm like, this seems much like, like for some reason that's where I drew the line. And I was like, I don't. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I never give it a chance because I heard the first season was good. I heard it was like, oh, it's like that new hip teen show. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then, like two years later, they're and it's like, a cool premise, regardless, right? Like, like yeah. even even whatever they do with it, the idea of turning like Archie into a show, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah, kinda like, has like, like a, a cool teen little... drama, like right. like nine hundred two one zero or fucking Gossip Girl or the OC or any of those. Right. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's like the comic, but it's like, oh, now there's gangs and bears and uncut gems and. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> 
this is how we win. Um, <laughs> I still haven't seen Uncut Gems, but that means everywhere. So it's very good. I think um, I think you'd like it because um, Sandler's pretty good in it, and Kevin Garnett too. He he, Kevin Garnett is actually like genuinely like a good actor in it. Really? Like it's not like okay. yeah, like it's not like I mean he doesn't have like dramatic performance. He plays himself. But right. he's like, there's never a point where he goes, "Hey man, what are you doing?" They're like, "Oh god, that's so cringy. That sounds terrible." Like he goes, "Hey it man," it sounds like, it, it, like, like, so he's not acting as someone else. He's playing himself. But like, yeah. it's the best version of like, at no point are you like Kevin Garnett wouldn't do or sound like that, right? Like, yeah, it just like sounds cringy. like him actually going through life, and yeah. that's what would happen. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like I don't. Remember, I don't know if you remember. Uh, like Brett Favre or Dan Marino, and there's something about Mary or Ace Ventura, and like they're like. Oh my God! It's San Marino, and he's like, "Hello, kids! I just got my ring stolen, or something, right?" <laughs> right, like, exactly. Yeah, he sounds like he's really good in it, and, and I was like, "Damn, like Kevin Garnett's actually good. Like, if he wasn't tall as fuck, he could be like in actual movies." <laughs> <laughs> is that what is that is that? Well, because you know, like back? he's like, it's like it, you know, like if you put him in like a, a actually, romantic comedy, that's right? got to be a giant problem, right? Like, like if you're now that you mentioned that, like, how do you frame any like? He could never be in a movie with Tom Cruise. Right, exactly, yes. He'd be like, oh, we grew up together, you know, and how is the movie The cameras just are all like... wide shots just because you have, to, <laughs> you have to be able to, like, pull back to catch them both in frame. Yeah, like, how is the movie just, like, in not, like, an hour and a half of um, Tom Cruise being, like, you know they say if you can chew bubble gum and walk at 6'10", you play basketball, right, Kevin? And he goes, yeah, I just couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, they would have to film it. Like, if Tom Cruise and Kevin Garnett were, were in a movie together, they have to film it like a fucking... God, what's the streaming service we made fun of? Sweet Prince. Uh, fucking... For the phone. Quibi. Oh, my gosh. They'd have to film it like oh, Quibi, yes. like vertical, so that way you can get them both. Have you seen those videos, the making of videos of how they did the Lord of the Rings? Like, the forced perspective yes. stuff? It'd be like that. It's like they put Tom Cruise super close <laughs> to the camera. They put Kevin Garnett super far away. But they have to do that for every single fucking every, every scene. Every single scene. And as the camera moves, they have to move, like, in, in like, aspect to it. Like Yeah, because, like, I remember the thing with the Lord of the Rings is that, like, they're sitting at this desk, but the, like... As the camera moves, like, I think the desk actually is on a motor and, mm-hmm. like, moves with them. So yes. it keeps the perspective. So, like, the logistic nightmare of having to do that for, like, every scene with them both in It's like, guys, why couldn't we just cast somebody else? We didn't uh, have to cast Kevin Garnett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know there's some guy out there that, like, had, like was a kid actor. Or, or there, uh, at some point is going to be somebody who's, like, a kid actor. And they're great. And mm-hmm. then, like, they grow up to be 6'10". And it's just like, I'm just too tall to act Damn, yeah, just got too tall. And I can't even play basketball. I, I, I spend all my time at auditions instead of the gym. God, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, Jane the Virgin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jane the I like it. I think it's also. I, it's just. It's. It's. I feel like sometimes these kind of shows are a relic of old TV. And what I'm. What I mean by that is that it's this old. It's like a network show, twenty-two episodes per season, forty-five minutes each one, and you just go like, like you know, like five seasons. That's what like you guys are. Close to a hundred episodes, probably, right? Yeah, like because each season is like twenty-two, which is the old way of doing shit. Yeah, and that's funny. Like every time, every time I've seen something with that many episodes in a season, now mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus Christ, the fuck are y'all doing? Exactly. Like, <laughs> when did we? Why would did we ever think that was okay? And that's what I think. Like you know, people shit on Lost, and they're like, Oh my gosh, like Lost, you know, the mysteries, too many mysteries. And it's like, Well, ABC said 
we need 22 episodes per season, they had to fill in crap somehow, right? Like, right. I feel like if Lost came around now, it would be perfect. It would be like eight episodes or ten. Right. Three seasons, and that's it. Right. Right. I do think um, the... Uh, I do think Jane the Virgin, though, if you're... I feel like if you're going to have any show that has, like, 22 episodes a season, it kind of has to be something that just plays on the fact... Like, like I said, with, like, soap operas, right? Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, it, there are supposed to be a ridiculous amount of twists and turns. You know what I mean? Like, like Oh, no, like yeah, definitely. Overwhelming, definitely. You're right, so. yeah. But, again, like... So, the main reason I even brought this up is there's a scene in season five that I had you watch. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know what it is. But, like, as, like I said, as much as, like, you know, it's ridiculous, I've never been, like, ugh about it. Because I know that's what it's supposed to be. And also, I'm just not going to be, like, super critical of fucking network TV. You know what I mean? Like, right. like people that shit on, like, the Arrow and, like, Supergirl, it's like, I mean, like, some of this does look terrible. But the thing is, is, like, we're, we're talking about the CW making a superhero show. You know what I mean? Like, it's only... Right. Let, let's, let's temper our expectations here. Yes, yes. Um, but, like, there's a scene in there, and I don't know what it is. Like, it's seven minutes long, and it's, like, it's supposed to be, I think, Jane spiraling out of control because she's, like, kind of caught in this, like, awful situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the moment that scene went off, I turned to Caleb and was like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen on TV. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know what <laughs> is wrong with it. Uh-huh. But after I got done watching that, literally three minutes into the scene, I was like, this is going to go on forever and it's terrible. Like, <laughs> like, three minutes in, I could tell it was going to go for another four to five minutes and I was already tired of it at three minutes, and then they just kept fucking going. And I think, I don't know if it's acting or writing or or what, but like, I, I think one of the things that I now thinking back have like, kind of come up with, is they do the like, because she like in the middle of this conversation as she's spiraling, she leaves and then she comes back. They do that like five times in seven minutes. And I'm like, all right, we get it. Like, we don't have to keep doing this. And also, like, throughout the whole show, every time, like, Jane is, like, in a problem or, like, confused, she's, like, this super emotional, ugly crying, like, every time something goes wrong. And, like, now in this scene, she's just being, like, snippy and, like, like I don't, like, trying to just have, like, jokes in the middle of this, like, out of control thing. And I'm, like, maybe that's fine for another character. Maybe it just doesn't fit this one. I don't know what it was. I just literally, at, at five seasons of this show, as ridiculous as it is, this one seven-minute scene, I turned to my wife and I was like, this is the worst anything's ever been. <laughs> you, you were like the fucking, um, what's it called? The uh, the Jerry Seinfeld gif, you know, where he's like in the crowd and he just like goes, mm, okay, God, yeah, I'm out, I'm out. I think <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what did you think? Because I had you watch it, right? Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah, did I mean, you the first anything, thing, like, like, were you like, Jesus, this was terrible, or were you just like, did you not have enough context of this? I tried to give you like a quick glimpse, but obviously you're not gonna know like yeah. how characters are played or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, like, I liked like the technical aspect of it, especially when she goes to answer the door and it like cuts right. through the window, and I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Okay, we got to cut there, and then they probably you know put the wall back in, and then 
film right. on the other side and then cut back. Um, but the thing I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is like the Emmy nomination. That this this is the episode that they nominate or that they submit to get nominated, right? She's like, this is right. acting. I am <laughs> acting. I'm doing a monologue where I'm freaking out, you know? <laughs> and then the but, Emmy fucking committee's like, ugh. And just oh, brother, this guy <laughs> sticks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, also, you know how we talked about how, like, we talked about like the the like good crying on like TV. Like you were like how it's like a. I'm try, we were talking about Kaylee Cuoco. You said she's like a great crier in it, right? Did, oh did yes, that? yes, that she like yes. Mm-hmm. Gina Rodriguez is terrible at it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she like works her face into this just disfigured mess anytime she needs to cry at all, like. Every bit of crying is, like, this utterly devastating, like, and I'm like, bro, like, your son, someone said your son has bad behavior. And she's like, like, whole face. (laughs) I've I've seen the one where she, like, answers the phone and she gets a bad, like, somebody puts a clip on on Twitter. And she's like, ah, and drops the phone and falls to the ground. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's (laughs) Because the thing is, that one, I feel like, isn't bad enough. But the other, she's terrible at it, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not going to go so far as to say she's a good or bad actress, because I have no actual idea. But Mm -hmm. she's terrible at crying. (laughs) Terrible. Um, And Uh, my wife was like, I think she's a great crier. And, like, she brought it up first. Like, out of nowhere, uh, my wife was like, that's one thing I think that she does really well. And I turned to her, and I was like, she's the worst at it. (laughs) Like I, I haven't seen a single crying scene with her where I'm like, wow, that is that is well, truly matches. Yeah. Now that um, now that I that you guys are you know finishing that up because it's only five seasons, right? I think five or yeah. six. Yep. You guys should really give the flight attendant a chance because I feel like it's right in between, like sort of. It's not super soap opera, but remember what I was saying about a certain car accident, and I was oh, like, yeah, and I was like, this... like a soap opera, you get it exactly. Like I was like, have I been watching a soap opera this whole time? <laughs> like, did I get, <laughs> did I get I've tricked? Been bamboozled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think Kaylin would really like, like the she would pick up on those, like she would be like, oh, this is nice, this is good because she likes like Jane the Virgin and stuff. But then you would like it because it's more like, oh shit, like. It's murder mystery type shit, you know? And right. it's only 10 episodes. I think and you guys what, both would really like it. It's on HBO Max. Perfect. I think the reason we didn't watch it is because I didn't have HBO Max at the time, but now yeah. I do have it. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll I think you both would that. really, really like it. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Um, all right. So what have you been watching? Yeah. So I finished up a show on Hulu called Pen15. And okay. is this on purpose? What do you mean? Is what I. All right. You have it written down on the sheet. Right? Mm-hmm. Is this on purpose? The penis? Yeah. Because yes. it looks like penis every time I yes. look at it. So I yeah. just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah. I, wasn't, I thought you were going to pronounce it penis, and then you said pen 15, and I was like, if this is not the point, if it's you not supposed what? to look like penis when it's written down, I there's nothing I could laugh at harder. Yeah. So it, it is, but actually it's like one of those things, it's like, how does it pronounce out loud? I never heard them say, oh... You know, hi, my name's Anna. Kids penis on penis. Hulu. Kids <laughs> penis on Hulu. <laughs> like that is a commercial, like a network TV show. It's commercial. Like, oh, that's how it's pronounced this whole time. I was catching new it. penis uh, on 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but it's um, it, it's a show about um, these two girls growing up in the early 2000s. So okay. th- 
um, it's like, you know, like they're in middle school and like, I think the year 2000, they start like September 2000, but it's like them, like, you know, getting on AIM and stuff. But the, the thing that makes it unique is that the two girls are played by two comedians. I forget. I should have gotten their names, but they're like 30 years old. They're like the, the age that they are now, but they're playing pretty much themselves as kids. Okay. And so it's, uh, her, oh, their names are, uh, Maya uh, Erskine and Anna Conkle. Okay. And so they're both like 30, but then they have them wearing like little, they're like, yeah, I see this awful haircut. Like yes, yeah, the, the bowl the cut. Bowl yeah. cut type deal. <laughs> <laughs> and so they have like braces and retainers and stuff, but it, they have, they're around kids who are like the kids now. So you see these giant women, <laughs> not giant, cause they're, they're just taller than the kids hanging around like, Hey, hey, Michael, how, what are you doing? Oh, are you going to Sebastian's pool party this weekend? Like that kind of stuff, right? Jesus. That's amazing. Um, and, um, but, so they're both comedians, but the thing that I really liked about the show is that they're both really, really good, like, actors, right? Mm -hmm. Especially the girl who plays Maya, the girl with the bowl cut. You know mm -hmm. how you were saying that there's people who are bad criers? Or yeah. we were just talking about that? She, I think, is somebody who, in the two seasons, like, is, like, a good crier. Like, she, like... There's, like, some awkward shit, dude, that, that like, happens to them. Because they're just both growing up, right? They're teens. Yeah. 30-year-old teens. Yeah. And so they say, like, they just do some dumb shit. And somebody goes, you're weird. I don't like you. And you just see, like, this fucking devastation on their faces. <laughs> but sometimes, like, it's weird because sometimes like, I'm like, this is hilarious. Because this is, like, a 30-year-old woman being like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing this weekend, right? With the fucking braces. <laughs> But then sometimes they're so good at it that I forget that they're like these, like, women that I that I, I go. My brain goes. They're just big kids. They're just big tall kids. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I'm about to send you this screenshot if you could please look at it because this is what you're talking about, right? Because it's a picture of them in the front, and I can see there is another child in the back, and that child clearly comes yes. up to like shoulder yes. level. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's how it is, and like that's like one of the kids and um. Mm -hmm, mm hmm Like, they're just, they're just distinctly, like, way big. They're just, they're dressed <laughs> like they're, God, this is yes. amazing. And it's, like, early 2000 shit and stuff. It's just, um, I would say the, the comedy is more like, like, uh, oh, I remember doing that, like, as a preteen or whatever, right? Right. Like, um, or, like, girls, like, there was some stuff that I was, like, I was not quite getting, but I was, like, oh, that's weird, and then... Sydney was like, "Oh yeah, I remember those dolls, or I remember those that those, that those snacks that were on TV or whatever." Right. And the the best uh, or one of the episodes that I felt most like, "Oh shit, I remember that." Was the the episode where they get AIM accounts, like mm -hmm. the Instant Messenger, and they're like messaging. They're like, "We should come up with our names," and they're like, "Skater Girl Twenty Eight, right?" Like that <laughs> kind of stuff. And so, right. um. I would say if you like, like, if you grew up there, definitely, like, around that time, like, if you were a preteen or teen around that time, definitely watch it. Like, I watched it, or I was a, around their age in the show, like, two or three years after that. So, right. I got a little bit of that, um, especially the AIM, AIM parts. Um, but, um, yeah, it's really funny. It's it's not, like, crazy, like, oh, my gosh, that, was, that scene was hilarious. That's laugh out loud. But it, it is very... Um, Kind of like big, uh, ooh, it's like big mouth, but not as crude. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like, yeah, like, uh, yeah I, I think I get what you're saying. Um, mm -hmm. 
what I wonder is, like, how do you even come up with that idea, right? Like, who's the guy that was like, yeah, we'll just have the actual 30-year-old women play themselves at this age. And then not only that, but we will put them with people actually at that age. Uh, yeah. Like, 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 like <laughs> we didn't, like, just get a bunch of other people who are also the same size to play the same age. Mm-hmm. We legit were like, no, nah, we'll put them with actual children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just dress them up. Because that's got to be part of it. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's part of what's got to make some of these funny. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they, they, like, you see, like, kids and they're like, hey, and they just act awkwardly. And then they are, like, acting, like, that way toward, like, women. Like, some <laughs> right. looking fucking grown-ass women. <laughs> God, that's amazing. Um... I was trying to think of one scene. Oh, the one scene they have like a movie night where like girls come over. Like the boys have their girl, their friends who are girls come over and they watch the movie Wild Things. Do you know that one? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> the one with uh, Denise Richards yeah. makes out with the girl okay. in the pool. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, dude, here's the part. Here's the part. Oh, my gosh. And it's like a DV, like a fucking VHS stuff. So, so it's like that kind of stuff. All right. But it's uh, two seasons on Hulu. First ep- first season is 10 episodes, and then the second season, it's I think it's 14, but right now only the first seven have come out. Like, they did, like, one of those, like, like Breaking Bad, like, you know, we did do one se- half of one season in one year, and then the next half the next year. All right, so here's a question for you, because this mm-hmm. is a legitimate, like, you'd probably know better than I would. Why do they do that? Why is it not just two short seasons? Like, why, like, why do they call it half of one season and then the rest of one season? I is genuinely... it just because maybe, like, story-wise, they have, like, this stuff is considered like like when they map it out, they're like, this season has all of this information in it. And then they get like eight episodes in and they're like, well, we're still not finished with what we thought was season four. So we're going to use another eight episodes in a year. Yeah. I genuinely don't know my, my sort of how I would think the reason would be kind of like how we talked about, um, uh, those movies that film back to back, like Matrix two and three, Pirates two and three, John Wick four and five, right? Where they would rather get the ball, the machine rolling of like getting the crews together and getting the the scheduling for the sites together and getting kids together and film it all at once, and then okay. just split it up like the post production part. Okay. Then having to fire everything up, finish the season, shut everything down wait a little bit, you know, write everything, fire it all back up, right? Because the, right. the kids might be, like, the, the genuine kids might be too old. Right. So that might be why. But okay. that's what I would think. It's right. just so that... Because every time you got to start something, you have to, like, start it, right? You have to, like, turn it all, turn everything back on, hire crews. But if you hire a crew for one big long season and just split it up, then I guess that saves money, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Or at least... At the very least, like, everyone is committed to that time frame. So, like, there's no chance that when you go to get somebody next year, like, they're like, right. oh, well, I have this other thing going on. It's right, like, nah, right. You signed this contract that says for season four, which is taking place over two years, that you're doing all this. So, maybe right. that's it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, Pen15 or Penis on Hulu. <laughs> Who knows? Don't know. Um <laughs> So what's uh, do you want to talk about? Because your next one is also a game, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I, I can talk about this in like a minute. <clears throat> okay. I played the game Doom from 2016. Okay. It's like I think it, technically it's like Doom Four. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I don't really know what goes on with Doom anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, and I then think now it's a there's like one, a fifth but one. maybe it's a reboot, refresh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, this one was, uh, it's just like a first person shooter. You just go through like levels and you just like beat the shit out of demons. And that's kind of all it was. I got about halfway through and I, I realized that I had no idea what the story was. <laughs> and I texted my brother. I was because like, he loves it. <clears throat> and he's played it before. And he was like, yeah, just listen to what the robot says and just shoot demons. And I was like, okay, good, good. I, I thought I'd been missing out on, on like an actual story. Yeah, no. So the very first Doom was like super old on PC and it was definitely, I don't even know if there was a story. Like there, there might have been, but if there was a story, it was like the same way fucking Pitfall, like in the Atari has a story, which is that like, I can see that I'm in like the wilderness. So like, I'm guessing I'm like Indiana Jones, like exploring and trying not to die and get out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like that's like, yeah, like, like you didn't give me any exposition, but like just visually I can see like, so like in Doom, I think you like start in a space station and then like right. by the end of it, like you might actually be in hell. So it's like, like my, my exposition is just that I see that I'm going this way. So the chances are probably like hell erupted. There are demons here. So now I'm going to straight to Kill the source it. to try and stop it. You know what I mean? Like right. that, that's pretty, that's, I think that's generally the story in this one. Okay. So yeah. that, that makes sense. What I, what I will say that I, this one brought back that I love that I haven't seen in a good while is, a boss fight, but not not just a boss fight, but a boss fight where you like land in like a big arena, right? right? And then they come down, and then they like you have to like run around, pick up stuff, and shoot them, right? Like right. I don't know if you ever played the the Spyro games. Do you remember those? Yeah, it's like that. It's like you know you get dropped down in the middle. There's a big ass dragon, and he like shoots out, and it, he just does like a uh like a repetitive action, and you just have to find the pattern, right? Right. And then you have to like attack where you can. Yeah. And so I would say there's like three or four like of these types of boss fights, maybe two or no, there's definitely three. So it's three or four. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're awesome. And that was like like when those were happening, I was like, all right, this game, like I really like that. Like this is awesome. Um, but it, it's good. Like if you just want a quick like 10 hour first person shooter with some like good guns, good fucking demon kills and like uh, good boss fights, I would recommend this one. Cool. Cool. All right, so uh, my last thing is I've been playing a game um, for the third time called Bloodborne. Um, so if you don't know anything about it, uh, there's there's a company called From Software, and they do uh, the Demon Souls games, the Dark Souls mm -hmm. games, and this one, which was a PlayStation exclusive. Um, do you know anything about any of those games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the, um, which one? Dark Souls. I know that one's always really hard. People are always like, "Oh my gosh, it's so hard!" And like, you can't. So the game is poison. Like, I, I, I cannot stress <laughs> that enough. Is that all of these games, all the games they make, are straight fucking poison. Like, they're so hard, and they're hard on purpose, outside of it just being difficulty. So like. Especially like the first couple Dark Souls, and and Bloodborne is probably my favorite of any of these games, and I think it's because they decided to push it a little in one direction that they don't normally. But basically, mm -hmm. like if you play Dark Souls one, Dark Souls two, Demon Souls is the first one, but it it's kind of older. So like the first one I played, I think was Dark Souls. Yeah. So if you played that, the very first time you play this, you're gonna be like, this game is horseshit because what's gonna happen? Is you're going to walk down these stairs, and there's a guy on... Like, the first guy you see, I'm pretty sure, is under a bridge. And you, like, walk up to him, and you're... 
the movement is super stiff. Like, like when you dodge, you dodge like in a direction specific, like in a specific direction. And like when you walk, you either go like strafe left or right, or you walk mm-hmm. backwards. Like everything feels super stiff, and your swings are slow. So like yeah. if you mistime something, you're gonna get hit. And the thing is like. Up until much later, like, things are going to fuck you up super fast. So, like, this one guy will swing this one club super slow. And you Mm -hmm. will have dodged too early. And he'll just hit you anyways. And then you're going to lose half your health by this first guy that you fucking see. So, Mm -hmm. it's poison. Like, the game is designed (laughs) to be poison. But... It's like... It's like the Michael Sarah clip we talked about before. It's like, oh, what, what the fuck? What am I, what am yes, I it's exactly this? that. So the thing is, though, is the benefit is that there are boss fights with these giant fucking monsters swinging fast, hard, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. not hindered by the same mechanics you're hindered by, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, they don't move in a slow, stiff manner. They're fast as shit. They're swinging like wildly. But the benefit is that, like, when you finally get to the point where you're good at this game and you're, like, killing these consistently, it feels mm. fucking great. Right? Because, right. like, everything, the combat's super heavy feeling. So, like, there's this giant monster, you're stiff, you've got, like, this big sword, and you fucking hit it once, and it's, like, free opening, and then you spend the rest of the fight trying to read it. Whenever mm. it's finally dead, first of all, it, the monster will go down, explode, and then, like, you get this giant fucking, like, God, I can't remember what it says in Dark Souls, but it used different wording in, in Bloodborne because, like, in Bloodborne, you're, quote-unquote, a hunter. And there's not mm-hmm. much story in these games. Um, but, like, you're a hunter. And, it like, the thing falls down, it explodes, and then across your screen, like, super, like, bright with a loud sound, it just says, like, Prey Slaughtered. And you're like, yes! <laughs> like, yes! Prey Slaughtered. Fuck you. <laughs> like, so, the thing is, I've played this game three times. This is my third time playing this game. And I have yet to complete this fucking game because I get so goddamn frustrated with like the, I remember the very first time I played it, I I made it maybe fucking 10 minutes like to this bridge very early and there's these two wolves and they attacked me at the same time, bro, couldn't kill them. I was like, I'm fucking done with this game. Like, and I stopped (laughs) playing that game and then like a year later I came back to it Mm. and I made it all the way close to the end, got stuck on a, a boss, tried to beat it for like two weeks, couldn't beat it. Cut it off, didn't play it for another two years. And the problem is that, like, every time I do this, mm-hmm. I have to start it over. Because, like, in my head, I'm like, it's been so long, I'm sitting at a boss fight. Like, I'm not going to go turn around and just practice on garbage, because right. that's a waste of my time. But right. I know I'm not good enough anymore for this boss fight. Like, I couldn't beat it before, but I definitely can't beat it now after two years of not playing this game. So I just start over every fucking time. So hopefully this will be the time that I beat it. <laughs> I can't stress it enough that these games are poison. <laughs> They're terrible. Um, I I feel the way you talk about the stiffness. And I was going to save this one for next week. And I will talk about it next week. I'll, I'll, but I'm just starting it now. Um, and it's Resident Evil 4. Right. And have you played that one? Yes. That's yeah. one of... So- did, you, well, did you play it on like the GameCube or did you play it like recently like I, on the PS4? I played it on the GameCube. Um, okay, I just I, I do think it's probably in my top twenty games of all time, and that's what um <clears throat> I guess I'll just go into it now. So I got it because it was I saw somebody tweet about how it was on sale. They were right. like, "It's on sale for like seven bucks," 
and I was like, okay, mm. but I was like, like, is this one of those games where, like, people like playing it because it's, like, 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 nostalgic reasons, like, people are like, oh, I love playing, you know, the, the E.T. game, and, but you try to right. play it now, and it's just, like, unplayable, like, right. as a new person. Like, Resident Evil 2. They made a remake, remake of Resident Evil 2, and they changed it completely to make it playable, mm-hmm. Yeah. While still keeping the story and, like, the feel the same. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you play the very first Resident Evil, like, on the PlayStation, it your character moves like a tank moves. Which is to say that, like... Yes, that's what Mikey said. You, you, like, your person can only move forward or backward. And you can turn them, but, like, if you're sitting still, you I don't think you can strafe. Like, you can't strafe and aim. Like, you literally, like, will stop... Rotate 90 degrees and then run forward. Like, like yes. it's... You literally, like, your character moves as a tank with two tracks that are going in the same direction. That's that's what my brother said. That's what my brother said about this one. Because, so I... This one's so, a little more know, fluid, in my opinion. I think it does it much better. And, and I also think that it plays... It has... I do think it actually is... There's a point to that in these games. But continue. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, because... So... Like I said, I was like seven bucks. That's not bad. Let me see what ha- let me see what I can do. And I reached out to a friend who um, he does YouTube videos. Okay. And one of his YouTube videos was about Resident Evil Four. And he in the video, like I watched it, and he said, "Yeah, it's like you know, I remember growing up and getting that game, and it was the you know one, the changing experience of my life." And the whole video was about, um, I think, restoring it, the restoration of it. Right. Um, and he, I was like, I tweeted at him. I was like, "Hey, man, like you know, this one's on sale, like." Should I get it? Like, is it genuinely good or is it just like, like I said, like nostalgically good? And he said, oh, that's, no, it's definitely worth it. It's probably one of the best games ever made. And I was like, oh, okay, then I got it. And so I bought it and I started playing it. Dude, I got it like an hour in. And like you said, like you can move the left stick, but that's it. So anytime you want to aim, you have to move your left stick, like move your body around. And you stop moving when you aim. You stop moving and then you aim and then you shoot. But even then, like the only time you can use the right stick is when you're aiming. Right. Um, because you can't, like, look around as you're running. And so, at first, I was like, oh, my gosh. I want to fucking throw this controller through this TV, man. This sucks. I right. hate this so much. And now I'm used to it. I'm about six or seven hours in. But now I'm like, like, you know how I was saying how <clears throat> um, when I'm playing a game, I know I really like it if, like, I'm doing something else. And I'm like, I can't, I can't wait to get on to play it, right? Right. And some games feel not like homework, but kind of like Doom. Like, where I was like, oh, I guess I'll just play Doom now. Like, you know. Right. I, I just want to finish it. I just want to finish it, right? But this one's one where I'm like, uh, like I'll be, you know, working, and then I'll be like, damn, I can't wait to for this to end so I can go play Resident Evil because it's like actually fun. Like I like, like and now I'm getting it down. So I'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, and um, the, the one thing I will say, because yeah. we talked about like him moving like a tank and how everything's stiff. I yes. think that. I, so I think there there was a reason for them to do that in Resident Evil One, Two, and Three, right? Like and and. I think that reason is still there in 4. I just think they toned it down a little bit in 4. And it's the most perfect you can get. Which is that, like... I think the reason everything is stiff in these games... Is because it forces you... As the player... Not the character, right? Like, I'm not saying you figuratively as Leon, the main character. I mean you holding the controller playing. Mm -hmm. It forces you to kind of feel the same stress... That someone that's being in a town overwhelmed with zombies would feel because Mm -hmm. you can be walking through this town and there's nobody right there's nobody around you're just walking through a town but because your movement's stiff and you can't see everything like you can't just pan your camera around to take a look at what's there 
Like, yeah. it puts you on the same edge that I feel like Leon, the character, would be in. Which is mm-hmm. that, like, yes, this mm-hmm. is an empty town, but the thing is, at any given moment, there's a co- there could be a fucking zombie charging through this wall, and it's going to fuck me up because I may not see it, I'll have to hear it, and if I hear yeah. it, I'm going to have to, like, swivel quickly and turn around, which is what would actually happen. And I think right. that's, like, what they're trying to achieve. And I think they went a little too far in the first three, and that, like, I think it's a little impractical. Um... But this one, I think there's enough tools. So, like, if I remember correctly, in the GameCube, there was, um, if you press, like, is there a dodge you can do in, in, or maybe it's just the run button. I think if you, like, hold back and press the run button, he does, like, a quick 180. Which is, like, Mm -hmm. I think that seems, like, like, not such a big deal at all. But I think that gives you just enough maneuverability so that, like, if you hear something in a hurry or you're starting to get overwhelmed you can make a quick decision like your character would like maybe the decision is like i'm running the fuck away to get more space whereas right. in resident evil one through three it's like okay let me stop moving turn 180 degrees fucking and then run like just being able to like flick this thing gives you enough motion that quickly you can make a decision and go without like Letting you just be able to freely move everywhere at, at, at full speed all the time. Like, I, I think yeah. that's just enough freedom to still let you feel trapped and contained. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. While also making it not to the point where, like, when you die, you're like, well, that's just because this game's fucking walking mechanic is stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, that 180, dude. I use that 180 literally, like, every single time I have an encounter. Like, if I'm walking... <laughs> And I'll like I'll hear something like the because these the dude speaks Spanish and so they'll be like Martin Law and I'll be like oh oh shit they're right there and I'll run away from them I'll just run away I don't even hear them or see them I'll run away I'll get to a wall I'll do the one eighty I'll be like oh there you are you bitch bah, bah, bah. exactly so literally yeah anytime I hear anything I run away and then I do the one eighty and I'm like okay where are you where are you going yeah yeah so I <laughs> yeah exactly that's a that's a good one that and it, it and like I said that gives you. So, like, if something was super close to you in the other games, it would kill you before you could get the full 180 done, and you'd be like, this mm-hmm. game is horseshit. Right. right. Which is how I felt playing those. But at least in this one, you have, like, a quick, like, huh, and get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, it, if you make the decision to get out of here, you can get out of here quickly, which is, I think, the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's one of my favorite games. Um, you know how you were saying, like, you text Mikey for the story on Doom? Yeah. Okay, don't text anybody for the story in this fucking game because it it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, like <laughs> the I guess like self-contained Resident Evil Four is like fine. Like there, I don't think there's anything that's going to. You're not gonna. I don't think there's gonna be anything where you're like, I don't know why this happened the way it did in this game. Right? There's a guy who's very clearly a bad guy, and he's gonna do something you probably don't understand. But if you you look at him, you're like, he's the bad guy, and he's doing something and you're going to be like okay i don't know what he's doing but clearly it's bad but it makes sense because he's obviously the bad guy um okay but like in the overall scheme of things if you were to try and break down like he did this and you're like what is he trying to gain from doing this the answer is nobody fucking knows the people that make the game don't fucking know the people that uh, there could be a dude that has done nothing but write about these games for his life he won't know the, the fucking, from Resident Evil 1 to Resident Evil fucking uh, whatever they're on now. I think it's like Resident Evil Village. It's like a whole fucking different thing. Yeah, I think it's 8 now, right? Yeah, this is yeah. 8, yeah. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. There's a bad guy who's clearly a bad guy. His name is Wesker. And he just does shit and, like, nobody knows why he's doing it. Like, 
Like, sometimes it seems... Like, you know there's Umbrella Corporation who's, like, the bad guys? Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. sometimes they're not even involved, and it's just, like, weird shit happening. Like, like these people... For example, in Resident Evil 4, I don't even think they're zombies. It's like a virus that's going around. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a like, parasite, yeah. Yeah, and I, so it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why? <laughs> like, yeah, like, well, I always Resident Evil that... as a whole, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, they just, like, put fucking military or secret operatives or whatever. Like, they just give you these characters who are trained in, like, firearms. And they're like, there's shit you gotta kill. <laughs> and, that's, and that's, like, the whole point. Yeah. And, uh, I, I see, I always thought that 1, 2, and 3 were, like, the Umbrella Corp, and then four was like, um, it's Resident Evil colon four, whatever. Like, um, how can I say, like, uh, you know, Cloverfield, you know, where yeah, I never watched it, but um, I'm trying to think of well, then let me think of where it's like something presents, like it's not zombies, but it's the same sort of survival horror. And I right. always thought, and then five, I, I didn't think that connected to anything, it was just kind of like, oh, this is like zombies, like, but in a different place, and then the. The one that's in the house, it's like, oh, it's zombies, but it's first person. Um, but it's 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 like re- when you buy something Resident Evil colon whatever, like or, you know. Yeah, and I when think... you buy it, you get the 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 tone and the weapons and like that um, same sort of level. A of A good example horror. is like Final Fantasy. So like Final Fantasy seven, VII, eight, nine, ten have nothing to do with each other, but like. There's chocobos, which are these big yellow birds, and they're in all of them, right? Like, yeah. like and and we're it, yeah. you know what kind of thing you're getting into, and blah blah yes. blah. Like, and it's all different characters. The yes. problem is, is that they didn't do that. Which is that like Leon is a character in like one and two, and he's related to the main character in three, and the main bad guy is the main bad guy the whole time, and like he's with like Wesker is with Umbrella Corporation, like he's the guy behind the whole thing, but then. Mm-hmm. In Resident Evil 4, he's still behind it, but it's not Umbrella Corp, and it's not zombies anymore, but he's still behind it. So it's like, like you didn't, like, that's the difference between Final Fantasy, which is that it's all new characters, all new villains. The only difference is, like, there are going to be enemies, right? And there's going to be this enemy that just looks like a gelatinous blob. And the thing is, they're always only weak to magic, right? And so, like... But, like, suspension of disbelief, like, that's just a prototype they have. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, hey, that was in a different game in a different place. This is bullshit. Right. But, like, if you're going to give me the same main characters and they're all related and it's all this, like, overarching scheme and then just randomly it's, like, not zombies anymore, but it's, like, the same bad guy. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's, yeah, like, um, no. it's like Tekken. I don't know if you know the story of Tekken, but, like, it's ridiculous. Is it a story? Yeah, there's a story to check in. There's the it's the King of Iron Fist tournament. Heiachi is the main bad guy. He owns this giant corporation that's also like a military power. And mm. he just he's extremely strong and just wants to fight the strongest people. And so every year every Tekken he has this tournament where they all fight and whoever wins gets control of the corporation. So that's how he gets all the strongest people to fight. Because so, he wants to fight them, which is ridiculous on its own. But at one point, his son throws Heiachi into a volcano, bro, and he comes <laughs> back the next game. And he's not like, uh, like fucking damaged. It's not like a demon version of him. It's just him. He's like, like mm-hmm. you watch him throw him in the volcano, and then next he's like, I'm here at the tournament. It's like, what the fuck is going on, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, do y'all care about this rules? Like, what is this? Exactly. That's what Resident Evil is. I just, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. So, I, but like I say, like, I'm very, very excited to, like, 
keep going and, and do the missions. Um, does the does the like the the having to take care of the girl does that get easier or harder? Like right now, it hasn't been too bad. I personally don't like having like another like yeah character to an escort watch. mission. You hate escort missions. Yes, everybody hates escort missions in every it game. It gives you so much like in anxiety. Grand Theft, in Grand Theft Auto, it's like fucking. There's a guy and he has to get from here to here and you have to kill everybody along the way because they always eventually do something stupid, which is like they run out in the open, get shot, and you're like, I hate you. Like, you're just dumb. It, you're just not working correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it gets much easier. Um, trying to think of where you're at now. I don't think it gets much easier. Um, I don't think it's a problem for a lot of the game. Um but I do think, I, I think, again, this is another one where it's like, I hate escort missions also, but if I'm in a zombie game and the thing is, like, my whole mission is to save the president's daughter, and there's this thing that stresses me out to make sure she's safe, like, mm-hmm. it fits. You know what I mean? Like, like I see what yeah. you're trying to do here, and, like, it all works together. You know what I mean? It's different, yeah. like I said, in, like, a Grand Theft Auto, because, like, I'm supposed to be just running, shooting shit around, but, like, now I gotta somehow protect this guy, like. Mm, okay you know what i mean like whereas in this game it's like the whole point is like we're all stressed you know what i mean like like, the whole point of this game is like we're just trying to make it out alive so if you give me an escort mission it's like we're just trying to make it out alive (laughs) (laughs) i i I was cracking up early in the game um you're in a car with some cops and the title starts as like the president's daughter has been kidnapped and then he goes i gotta rescue the president's daughter and the cops are like hey did you know that the president's daughter's around here and he goes yeah i'm trying to rescue her the president's daughter like, hey guys is is the president's daughter in danger like they literally say it like 10 times in the first two minutes of the story right and that's another thing right is the again the bad guy is wesker who's a resident evil one through three mm-hmm. is like just this evil like pharmacy corporation basically right like it's like yeah resident evil 4 starts the president's daughter is kidnapped like what what is the <laughs> the linking like you know what i mean like the same yeah. guy is behind all this but like what's the and and here's the deal i didn't spoil anything by telling you this because i me having completed the game i don't know what the fuck's going on so like like <laughs> you're gonna see him and you're gonna be like okay like but that doesn't yeah. like that's not anything new it's just like what happened where did like like how did you go from like i'm the mastermind behind this zombie virus and a pharmacy to like the ken <laughs> president's daughter's been kidnapped like what what's yeah. that, what happened and they're not zombies anymore i don't understand um yeah so yeah but anyways, yeah, like they, you're right. I remember that actually. Like, yeah, they really want to uh, hammer down the uh, the stakes. The stakes. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, it should have just been the fucking president. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, but yeah, definitely. Like I said, probably in my top twenty games of all time. And I, like, I'm glad you were able to get past it because, kind of like Dark Souls. Like the first time I played Dark Souls, I was like this moving mechanic you gave me is just horseshit right Mm -hmm. but then like because i've played so many other games where i'm fighting people and like it doesn't have to be stiff you know what i mean so i'm like in my head i was like this game's supposed to be hard and the reason it's hard is because you gave me this antiquated you know what i mean like like Mm -hmm. it's not hard because it's actually hard or difficult it's hard because you've just hamstringed me you know what i mean yeah so like it kind of felt shitty 
But then once I got past that, I realized, like, it's, that's, like, kind of the point. You know what I mean? Like, it, the point is that, like, you're supposed to feel like you did something against all odds. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. once you get past that and you're willing to work with it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it kind of enhances the whole thing, really. Yeah. And, and like, that's, I think, what Resident Evil's thing is that, like, you know, if you're, like, this movement's bullshit because, like, something kills you and you're, like, every other shooter I would have been able to just get away, but you gave me this dumb movement system, so it's bullshit. Like, I can see someone get getting hung up on that and, like, not wanting to play it. And my answer would be, like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, like I understand why you feel that way. I just, mm-hmm. I would try to get through it. So, knowing that you're able to get past that, I, I do think it helps. You know what I mean? And it's it's a good thing. Um, for sure. Yeah, because even, like, my friend, <clears throat> like, because he was, the one I asked, he was like, yeah, man, let me know what you think. And if he hadn't said that, I probably would have given up. I literally was like, like, oh, like... This is so hard. Like, there's nobody... Like, I don't have to play this. Like, who's making me play this? But the fact that he was like, let me know what you think. It's one of my favorite games ever. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay, <laughs> fine. I'll give, you, I'll give you the chance. I'll give it a chance. Right. So, yeah. Um, same. Let me know what you think uh, when you're finished. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to finish it now. Yeah. Okay. So, we're... Uh, so, so let's talk about the NBA halfway point. Uh, yes. we're We're halfway through the season, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so who do you have as your MVP currently? Yeah, so currently I would say my MVP is Joel Embiid. Okay. I think he's um I think he's just been so dominant. He has I think let me pull up his stats. I think he's been averaging something like 29 and 11, which is kind of nuts. And let me see. He's averaging 29 points and 11 rebounds. Which is kind of nuts, but I'm looking at the top MVP candidates from the thing. Um, from the basketballreference.com, and the top three are all centers, but it's mm. just kind of, you know, right. We've talked for so long about you know uh, what is it like, small ball being the way to go, right? Mm-hmm. So it's so like the top three MVP candidates being centers are kind of crazy, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, the center's, you know, it's a way of the past. It's antiquated. But I, I think, let me think, let me see, let me look at the. But I think it's like, they're not like that old time, like Shaq, like, you know, post up and do a turnaround J or, or, you know, do like a dream shake and get you, you know, lose you in the, in the post. I think they're much more finesse. And let me look at their three point shooters. I mean, holy shit. Well, Jokic, so the, the, the top three that are in the, in the list right now are uh, Nikola Jokic. Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Jo- uh, no- Jokic he shoots forty one percent from three. Right. Joel Embiid shoots forty. Giannis shoots twenty eight. Right. So that's that's crazy. Um, especially like the Giannis thing. It's funny because out of all of those, I feel like Giannis should be the one that's shooting better because yeah. he's the least like an actual center to me. Out of all right, of them. exactly. The other guys are like you know more like. But they do like post of, up, you know what I mean? They're big, yes. they're mm-hmm. stay down low generally, but like the answer is obviously they can pop out and shoot. Um, mm-hmm. which I think what's funny is I, I've talked about this before because I feel like you know, I, the game now, right? Like, I, I think is kind of broke. Like, I, I think basketball has kind of been taking to the extremes in such a way that like. I don't think it works as intended anymore. Um, like, I think analytics... I think I think it's analytics combined with, like, the skill level. So, like, 
analytics quickly broke down the very obvious thing, which is that, like, a three is one and a half times more points than a two, so <coughs> unless it's more than one and a half times more difficult, the three will be better, right? Yes. So, I think analytics broke down that kind of basic thing, and obviously there's much more to it, but, like, that's kind of the, the, the I would say, like, the cornerstone. And the other problem is, is that I think we've kind of blown this fucking thing up because now you've got, you know, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry shooting from the fucking logo. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, as a defense, I don't know what the answer is. Like, am I supposed to guard Dame Lillard, like, the moment he passes half court? Am I supposed to guard, and if you're a team that, if you're the Golden State Warriors and you have Steph and a healthy Klay Thompson, I've got two guys that realistically I have to guard no matter where they're at. And so it's like the 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 paint is always going to be wide open. And if you set a screen for someone at half court, and there's a chance they can shoot it, and it be like not a terrible shot, I don't know how I'm supposed to guard that. There's too much space to work with. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's like I just don't. I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do. Like, so I think it's a combination of analytics, but I'm also not going to be one of these guys like fucking analytics ruin the game. I think it's that people have become too good at shooting. You know what I mean? Like, I think yes. that's literally what it is. And then because of that, the analytics show, yeah, fucking shoot it. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like, as much it's as like it, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it like, are people shooting more because the analytics show it? Or are the analytics showing it because people just, you know, Steph came in and just shot like crazy and he shot really well? Or Dame Lillard? Or, I think, you know, even Paul George. What's funny is I think... I think analytics came, right? And, and I think people were like, huh, I can start taking these threes more. You know, I, I don't think... I think analytics gave the green light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, analytics is like, this three is like... Like I said, unless it's like one and a half times harder of a shot, yeah. then it... Then just make it a three. Like, like right. your two versus... Like, a contested two versus a contested three, just shoot a three. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's it's more worth it. Um, and, and, But then I you, think you also got a generational talent and Steph Curry... And specifically Steph Curry, because I think he's more able to do it off the dribble than anybody else. Like, yeah. if you have a spot-up shooter, then it's it's a different deal. You know what I mean? Like, it, right. it's much easier to guard. But the problem with Steph and Dame really also is that, like, they kind of pull up from anywhere, and even if they have the ball. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's a bigger fucking problem. Right, and you so, just get around a screen and just, like, pop, right? Right, like, exactly. Don't go, you if you go under the screen, you're dead. You can do that up to, like, 40 feet for either of them, and it's fucking, I don't know what the fuck you do. Um... But, like, I just think that's, like, analytics gave the green light to it. Then you saw a guy that is better at it than everybody else kind of at the same time. And you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, let's, that's what, and one thing I do think it ruined, though, is that I do think too many teams try to, I think too many teams and too many players try to do the Steph and Dame thing. Like, the Steph and Golden Warriors thing. You know what I mean? Right. I think there are guys that are jacking up 35-footers that probably don't need to be. You know what I mean? Like, like right. that's reserved for Steph, Dame, Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Clay like, Thompson. Like, right. Clay Thompson. Like the guys... Like, yeah, the, the, the best shooters in the league. Like, you give me the top five, maybe the top ten of everybody in the league, they're the ones that should be doing that. But right. I think else. sometimes you get fucking... Uh, 
the best player on the fucking Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't even know who the fuck it is. I don't know anybody on their team. But like he's like, yeah, our, we can. Oh my god, who is on the Thunder? Yeah, I have no idea. Is Stephen Stephen Adams is still on the Thunder, no. right? He's with the Pelicans. Oh fuck, bro, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, uh, Lou Dort. You know that guy. Uh, his name's Lou. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know who their best shooter is, but I guarantee right. he's taking some shots that are way out of his range like right mm-hmm. because teams are like oh see the golden state warriors are the best team of all time and that's what they did so that's what we should do and the right. answer is no they just so happen to have two of the best shooters of all time and their center draymond green really you know what i mean like like when yeah. they play small ball at their best draymond green is their center and like the reason it works is because he is a he's great at like as a floor general even at center, you know what I mean? Like, like he's not the best player by any means, but, like, he, he knows who to kick it to, when to kick it to, like, where to move people, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, like right. they had the perfect recipe of why that works. And maybe some teams can em- emulate it, but not all the teams. And I think all the teams are trying because they saw the pinnacle. You know what I mean? They saw 73 and 9 and were like, that's the fucking answer. <laughs> but you don't have the people to do that. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, speaking of, you know, you're saying heaving up the threes, have you seen that reaction, the Hornets' reaction to Bismack Biombo shooting the three? Oh, my God. <laughs> have you heard it? I have yeah. it here. Okay, play it, please. I can't remember what he says. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sounds like fucking <laughs> WWF. Somebody put, somebody put this clip from, from, it sounded like this clip from Squid, from uh, SpongeBob. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember seeing that right after. It's uh, like that's you know what that's an example. Someone saw analytics like someone at Charlotte was like analytics say three is worth more than two, and they started working things. And they're like Bismack Biombo, if you could stretch the floor a little bit, it'd really help us out. And somewhere in his fucking head, Bismack Biombo was like, I think I can shoot a three. Like, like, like get the I look, fuck out of here. I look like Joel Embiid. I can shoot forty <laughs> percent. Like my arms are long. Remember when fucking Andrew Bynum was, like, chucking him up from three? Oh, my God. Isn't that when he wanted just to leave? He just wanted to get out of basketball? Yes. Oh, God. That's what it is. But, like, you're not... That's not who you are. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. And I I mean, like, I'm looking at the, you know, the MVP tracking list right now. And I'm shooting at... I'm looking at the three-point percentage. And, you know, everybody's shooting above 50% except for Steph Curry and just, like, from, from the field. Right. Like, everybody's shooting above 50 except for Lillard and Curry. But I feel like that's kind of common. Like, I feel like guards, they just dip slightly below 50. Right. Um, and everybody is shooting at least 30% from three. At least 35% from three except for Gobert, who hasn't even attempted a three. Right. And Giannis, who's at 28. Everybody else, it's like 41, 40, 39, 35, 37, 39, 41, 47. Paul George is at 47. Right. And also, just, just as a quick, like aside here like Damian Lillard and Steph Curry are the only ones below 50 percent but they're also the only ones attempting double digit threes per game so like you kind of have to get cut them some slack on that exactly yeah they're both at 11 right and their three point percentage is not bad so like if you're putting up that much volume like you know it's all right right I get everything else down yeah right but um yeah so yeah, everyone's a great shooter now, and I think it's kind of broke, like how basketball works. <laughs> I mean, just you know, you said you, it broke the it, <clears throat> it broke basketball. I mean, it just like the the 
the 50 40 90 club i think we've talked about it before you know before it was like just the best of the best right, right. just like the the um like larry bird right reggie miller steve nash like only the best shooters ever did it right right now 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 the hardest part of the 50 40 90 club is just free throws it's yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. i was gonna say that i was like i'm sure motherfuckers shoot 50 and 40 like all the time now (laughs) joe harris from virginia i think he plays for the nets now he probably hits that it's just he misses like one of the you know one of the five free throws he has a year right right yeah so looking Um, at 50 40 90 there are five it looks like i'm maybe looking at this wrong I think five guys that reach that on this, like, top ten MVP candidates. It might be four. Um, that's insane. Or at yes. least, sorry, by the 50 and 40. If, but then once you include free throws is when it's just Ex- Steph and Dame. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, like, and it's crazy, right? Like, you're saying, like, you know, I, um, you know, before it was like, oh, my gosh, can I hit 40% from three? I'm at 25, right? <laughs> but now everybody's such a good shooter that the latest person who to hit those numbers was Malcolm Brogdon, you know? <laughs> like, you know, you got, like, this list is ridiculous. You got Mark Price, Dirk, Steve Nash, Reggie Miller, Durant, Curry, Larry Bird, and Malcolm Brogdon, <laughs> right? So, and I, f- I wouldn't be surprised, like, you know, if this year maybe, like, another guy sneaks in or maybe in the next few years people sneak in. Right, um, I just I th- it, like you're, that club is just going to, just because of how the game is played now. Like that club's going to be huge. Like it's, it, I think we're on the precipice of just a bunch of fucking people starting to get in all of a sudden. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, right now, like uh, what's his name, Seth Curry, he was on the way to having a fifty fifty one hundred. Right. Yeah. Has he missed a free throw yet? Um, I can't see his free throws. Right? That's not letting me see. But he's at forty eight from the field, forty six from three. So he's dipped below where he was. Uh, he's really cooling down. He's really cooling down. And he's only shooting forty eight percent of his threes from right. NBA range. Jesus, he's at ninety three percent from the free throws. He okay. missed. I can't see his totals. Either but, way, um, but yeah, either way. But, yeah. but sorry. So where we were going with the center thing before we got off track here is yeah. that like. I don't think one of my things with centers has always been like I, I think I think you can have a low post center. I don't think that's a problem. I think the thing is is that centers now need to have enough vision to hit the open guy at three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think you can. All right, so you know who I think would be the best center in the league right if you if i could take a center from any time period right mm-hmm. and like a lot of people might say Shaq, because the thing is is Shaq would absolutely fuck i think at this point in time if you brought if you transported prime Shaq into the league right now title contender instantly because yeah. I, I don't think just because of how the game has shifted i really don't know who the fuck can guard Shaq. right you know what i mean I like, like, like rudy gobert but he would just fucking shove Rudy Gobert into the back. He would dunk Rudy Gobert and the basketball through at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. But... Yes. Yeah. But what's funny is I don't think he would be the best one. I think the best one, and it would actually fit still, I think if you took prime Tim Duncan. Because Tim Duncan could play in the post. He was an actual mm-hmm. post player, and I think he would... I think he'd be able to just post up most of the centers in the league. But the thing was, Tim Duncan was also a great passer. You know what I mean? Like, Tim, yeah. Tim Duncan out of the post could pass just as well as anybody else. And so I think mm-hmm. I think Tim Duncan is a more 
at, which is funny. I don't I, like Tim Duncan is a more athletic version of Jokic to me, except he can't shoot quite as good. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like that's that's the trade off. You know what I mean? But I think Tim Duncan is a better post player than Jokic. So like, I think Tim Duncan would be the best center you could put in the league right now. Uh, like yeah. prime Tim Duncan. Prime Tim Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Like 2003 MVP with the jean shorts Tim Duncan. Right. He'd do his little fucking hooks. You know what I mean? Like scoring yeah. on everybody because nobody could guard that when centers are actually big dudes. These little dudes are not going to be able to guard that hook. But then if you try to double and triple him, I think he was well, like definitely good enough of a passer to take advantage of that all day. You know what yeah. I mean? Whereas Shaq, like, Shaq, I don't think was a terrible passer, but I think, you know, Shaq's mentality was like, I'll just dunk on this guy. And so, mm-hmm. like, I think you're going to miss something by, you know, not having that. Right. Right. And, um... But Jokic yeah. also, sorry, Jokic is my MVP so far this season. That's my... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Jokic. Yeah. I mean, it's also... I, I like it. I like that it's, you know, the centers are still, you know... Relevant. A f- relevant to four, especially, you know... You always see like, oh, this teenager, this 15-year-old, he's, you know, pointing. Where well, I guess LaMelo also did this. He was like, he's pointing where he's going to shoot. He pulls up. Oh, he hits it. Oh, he's doing Dame time. Right? Like, it's like, right. oh. So, it's it's good to see that. Well, and not just like it being like, oh, it's LeBron, Steph, and Embiid. It's like the top three guys right now are the centers. So, that's, it's like a, you know. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's nice to see centers still having some sort of play. Because for a while there... Like, with the Warriors, like, when Draymond wasn't playing center, they had uh, Kevin Looney, who was just, like, like, like the, the prototype for a while there was, like, your center can just be some fucking tall dude who can play guy. defense. Just tall dude, yeah, just like a, 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 a McGee. paint you know protector, I mean? like, right, like, yeah, yeah. Just have this one guy who can protect the paint. He doesn't even have to be good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even have to be a good player. He can just be a tall, somewhat athletic guy with long arms. That's all we yeah. need. So it's nice to see that there are centers that are still like, no, they can actually play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of crazy too, but still like, you know, I think I saw the stat that was like Draymond, I think the the over the last 15 games, the Warriors are number one in defense and Draymond's been the starting center for 10 of them. Damn. So it's like, oh, well, okay. okay. So maybe this, the year of the senior isn't, or the year of the center isn't quite there, but it, it's, you know, it's like 50-50. It, it's just right. kind of like one of those things you look, look at, the stats and you go there's kind of stats here that support both so right. that's it's yeah. one of those things like i remember when teams started going small i remember the memphis Grizzlies had zach randolph and marcus Gasol, right yeah yeah, and yeah it was like i think that could work like I, I think you're taking advantage of a market inefficiency which is that like you know everybody's trying to go small ball we can just have these two big guys and like no team has two guys big enough that they can put on the floor at the same time to guard both of them you know what i mean like, yeah yeah like, i think you no, can yeah. make that work kind of like what yes. what we wanted to see with the pelicans remember yes with anthony about davis and... cousins and anthony yep. davis like I, I don't know if you have those two guys on the floor i have no fucking idea what other team could guard both of them you know what exactly. i mean and especially because both of them had a little bit of range like yeah, anthony davis more say, so like, than both cousins of them can shoot yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, you're talking about like, you know, you just put two big guys, like, you know, what are you going to do? That's kind of how North Carolina won their national championship in 2017, where they shot the ball okay. Like, they've never been a great, crazy three-point, you know, shooting team. And I feel like it's trickled down to college as well, where, I mean, I don't know if you remember uh, Buddy Heald. Remember when he was at Oklahoma? He would just launch him, you know, and that's how he got to the Final Four. But in 2017, North Carolina just had, you know, too big a big center a big power forward they knew what they were doing they they were both seen yeah they were both seniors 
So they were just like, well, what are you going to do to stop us, right? right. We're just going to get in the paint and we'll kick it out if we have to, but we're going to score over you. We're going to do post moves and we're going to take this back to how it used to be. Right. Yeah, and I think I think that can be done. Um, I don't know when it'll be tried, like when anybody will try it again, but mm-hmm. I do think it'd be possible. Like, can you imagine if he had another big with Jokic? Because Jokic is a step out and shoot threes. He can pass mm-hmm. super great. Like, if you had an athletic like rim running big with him, it'd be fucking insane. I feel like right. like I don't know what you would do to stop that. So exactly. Yep. That's the yep. next thing I want to see. Yeah. So before we move on, Draymond to this can't NBA... kick them both in the nuts at the same time. um before we move on to the uh nba top shot which i want to hear your your thoughts about um what do you think about just like the the three teams i have here like the nets like they're kind of looks like they're figuring it out the jazz maybe too early but what do you think about the nets so the nets i can't i can't make a decision on like the thing is bro they their defense is the worst shit i've ever seen in my life atrocious it is it's cheese it's like softest baby shit (laughs) It's, they're giving up like a hundred I feel, I don't know the actual number. I wish, hold on, let's see. Nets, uh, defense points per game. Let's see if I can actually get it. I'm going to say 112. I'm going to say like 120. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, fuck, I can't find it. Like, I can't find the information I'm looking for. If I went to pro basketball, because I probably could. Um, but anyways, the defense is fucking terrible. Um, they have three of the best offensive players in the league period so i mean like i think the nets are going to be the professional version of you know those duke teams that shot you know what i mean like like, yeah 116 (laughs) 116 points a game we split the middle is that splitting Uh, it yeah Yeah, we did (laughs) that's so much bro and they're giving that up to everybody they're not like just giving it up to like other great offensive teams like guess who's anybody Guess who's number one? Like who has the best defense? Oh, the best defense. Um, is it the uh, Jazz? It's the Knicks, baby. One oh, is it the Knicks? Yes. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is back. Yeah, fucking. Oh, dude. I. Yo, I. So there was a there was a um a graphic that showed like it. it so it was like offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency on an X and Y axis, and basically like. If you were on one side of the diagonal line through them, like, you were a net mm. positive team. You know what I mean? Like, right. maybe your offense was below, or maybe your offense was inefficient, but if your defense is efficient enough to pass it. You know what I mean? Like, you're on this positive end. The Knicks yeah. were on the positive end, and I was like, yes, the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just being on the positive side, yes. It's like how people Yo, we, were saying. We're, gonna, we're probably going to make the fucking playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like how people were saying this week, you know, how Russell Wilson said he would play the for the bears if he got traded there yeah people were making rankings of the best greatest bears quarterbacks of all time and it's like number one jim mcmahon number two jay cutler number three some other guy number four russell wilson saying he would play for the bears <laughs> give him the chance to number five is rex grossman <laughs> uh but yeah so the, the knicks are on the right side of things but anyways um the nets are fucking just ridiculous uh yeah I, I don't know how you like i said with duke so like could duke like Maybe it's not really the same thing now, but like back in the day, back in the day, says me, the 28 year old. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, when they'd have like three white dudes who could shoot three, a white dude who handled the ball, and then like one black guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, back in the day, like the 2010 team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like those teams, it was like 
could any of those teams win the championship? Absolutely. But the thing is, it's like there's also the chance that they just go cold and they lose to fucking, I don't know, a 16 seed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's by the three, die by the three, but I don't think, you know, I feel like NBA guys are a little don't better. die by the three as much. Right. The, right? Like, right. And I think the Nets are going to be as close as you can get to that. Because the thing yeah. is, it's like maybe you don't die by the three. But if your offense isn't clicking at 100% and you're giving up 116 points a game, you're going to lose some games that you have no business losing. You know what I mean? Like, So so against a good team, I feel like there's a chance that, you know, you just, you, you, you know, there's a couple close games, right? But right. then there's a couple games that you just give away because while you're, you know, while other teams may be like the Jazz, right? Like, the they're really good right now. Like, Let's say they have a bad offensive night. The difference is, like, their defense can still shore that up. Whereas, like, if the Nets have a bad offensive night, they got nothing. You know what I mean? Like, so so there's a, you know, if the Jazz isn't playing great and, you know, their defense comes, they can squeak out an extra game. I think the Nets have to be clicking on all cylinders for basically all of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there's, especially the playoffs where it's a best of seven series. You know what I mean? If it's right. another, and the other thing is, it's going to be another good team. It's not like they're the only offense that's good. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't, I don't trust them. Uh, the Jazz, I also don't trust just because it's the Jazz. I literally yeah. don't have any info on it other than that. Like, like it just doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> right, like Donovan Mitchell. Like I like Donovan Mitchell, but I'm like eh, best play, best record in the NBA. And the same thing with Gobert. I'm like, eh. it's the it's the Bucks to me. Like, like. I think oh, yep, you have yep. a great regular season team, but I think once a team can sit and prepare for you for seven games and only you and figure out what to do specifically for you, uh, I don't know that you have it. Like, I mean, I forget. And that's the, that's the difference is, like, in the regular season, like, I feel like the way I've always thought about it is, like, the regular season teams are perfecting what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's 82 games. I don't have enough time between each game to game plan super hard against whatever team I'm going against. Yeah. So I just need to make sure we do what we do the best. And then when the playoffs come, it's we've already fine-tuned what we do. So now let me see, like, what I can do to stop this other team for seven games. And so, like, for the Bucks, the Bucks were like... Giannis, you know, is a force in the paint, and he kicks it out when he needs to. And because other teams are just like, we're just trying to do what we do, and I don't have a whole fucking two weeks to prepare for you specifically, like, you're just going to kind of do what you do, and it's going to work. But, you know, when we get to the playoffs, I can be like, all right, how do I stop Giannis from getting the paint? If I can stop that from happening, or at least make it less efficient, your whole shit's through the window because all you had was that Giannis can get in the paint and kick it out. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that might be what the Jazz have, which is you have Donovan Mitchell, and, you know, he's he's efficient enough right now. But when someone's specifically trying to take him out of the equation, I don't know that they have another answer. Right. And that's the difference between, like, Steph. You know what I mean? Steph's like, the thing is you can't really take Steph out. And even if you did, he's still, you know, they have Clay Thompson and their whole offense works. Whereas... The Bucks. It was like just Giannis and Jazz offensively. I don't fucking Donovan Mitchell. I guess. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I totally agree. I, I mean, it's it's the reason that the last two seasons for the for the Bucks have just kind of been like, oh great, you guys put up like what like sixty five and seventeen, but you know you don't have any answers for when like we're planning for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is the exact opposite of the LeBron thing, right? Which is that, mm-hmm. like, LeBron, in the regular season, he, you know, 
rests, takes time off, doesn't play necessarily everything super hard all the time, um, which he has done more recently, I think, because that r- reputation's kind of stuck to him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, regardless of when the Lakers start to fade or, you know what I mean, like, they start playing bad, I don't think I can say that, like, it's hard to bet against LeBron in the playoffs. <laughs> like, right. LeBron's the ultimate, like, I don't care what you throw at me, I'll figure something out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and maybe he doesn't win, but he's... He's going to make things way more stressful for you than they should be. So I mean, fucking 2018 showed us that. When right. he just dragged that kyrie team to the finals. Right. So it's just like, I mean, fuck. Um, so the Lakers repeat is what you have on here. I don't I don't know if they repeat, but I feel like the, uh, they're at least to the Western Conference Finals, I feel like. You know what I mean? Just off the yeah. strength of I know who they have. They, they have LeBron, they have Anthony Davis, which are two of the best players in the league. And, you know, LeBron always figures something out, it seems. So, like, I, it's like the Tom Brady thing. Like, am I going to bet against Tom Brady? Like, I don't even know if Tom Brady's that good anymore, but I can't. It's like you just can't. It's like, the, yeah, right. I, I, I've, I've been the asshole too many times. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, I've been like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't think LeBron can take this team. And then every year he fucking does. And it's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just shut up now. <laughs> um. And you know, before we wrap up, I I wanted to hear your thoughts about this NBA Top Shot. Have you he- heard about this? Do you yeah. know what this is? Yeah, I read this little article on it. Yeah, I was talking to to our, our friend Travis about this this week, and he was like, "Wait, so they just get YouTube clips?" I was like, "So yeah, but it's <laughs> like they save like dunks, like highlight clips, but it's like." through blockchain so that it's just like this is just your own copy of it so it's like trading cards but digitally right and i was like this is fucking dumb this is so yes, dumb it's dumb it's dumb it's all horseshit every every level of cryptocurrency is horseshit in my opinion yes like i think it's all just fucking nonsense um like yes no one has ever like and it's weird because i hear all these things that like this blockchain can like be used for but like it's never used for those things, and I don't know what, like, 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 oh, this blockchain can help us do this, and it's just like, well, then why hasn't it been used to do that? And the answer right. is like, we're oh, using it for this other crap, like Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all this other shit. Right, and so, like, well, the thing is, is, like, the blockchain technology, like, is that, but the, the difference, so, like, people would be like, well, the dollar doesn't hold any actual value, you just say it does, so why isn't it the same for Bitcoin? The difference is, is that, like, I go to work for an hour, and they say, your your work is worth this many of these in an hour. So, like, here is the, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I can, so, like, while you say this dollar is just a piece of paper and a note, I could point to the hour of work I put in for this and say, like, that's what it's worth. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is just like they fucking run their computer, fucking just like on full blast for an hour, and then they get whatever. You know what I mean? It's like I don't like that's all Bitcoin, like mining Bitcoin is just you. They use your like CPU and GPU to just fucking run as hard as it can to to complete this blockchain shit, and then they say like here's one of these, but like there was nothing actually done. You know what I mean? Like, like right. Like, at my work, I have completed a task. I've helped a customer. I've done this, blah, blah, blah. Like, your computer just fucking ran super hard. It didn't, like, you didn't produce anything with it. And then we're given this Bitcoin. So, like, I I don't trust it. 
And so again, this trading card thing, it, it doesn't. It's fucking nonsense, bro. Like, especially because again, these are just YouTube clips. Like, I get that they're this is your YouTube clip and it can't be duplicated. And they artificially, you know, they only release so many of each clip. I don't care because, like, the thing is, I can still go get this exact clip. There. Exact clip. Yep. Yep. And so, like. That's the difference between a, even a trading card, which should be the same, but it's not. Because I can, like, a trading card is a physical thing. And then the, the card itself, like, it looks different. Like, if someone counterfeits this card, I can physically tell the difference. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and right. I guess the blockchain has that because it specifically specifies which one's yours. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is I can go clip that exact same thing. And while it won't be yours, you would never be able to tell the difference. Like, visually. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference to me, is that a trading card, visually, someone can look at it and be like, this is why it's different. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I can just get this exact same clip on YouTube. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, speaking of of, um, of, of Bitcoins, you know, you're, you're talking about how it's like, you know, you just mine it, and it's just like, just uses the power. Um, have you seen those articles about how much power? Like, oh, it's super it awful for the fucking environment. It's the it, worst. It's the worst. Like now, I think it's up to like Argentina, like an <laughs> actual country. It uses that much energy. And my friend Jacob, who he was the guy who does the YouTube videos I was mentioning when I was talking about Resident Evil Four, he had a tweet uh, thread where he said, you know, like it's it's the worst for the possible thing for the environment because like other shit that's bad for the environment, like oil or cutting down trees of a forest right like they're terrible things but you can point to something afterward and sort of justify it you can but like, or oh, even if it's not cut. justified i can still say that's why they did it like that's i, why I they can did point it. the industrial revolution was awful for the fucking environment but i can say like it pulled this many fucking people out of poverty and right. that's yeah. you know maybe that was worth it right you cut down these trees you get some paper for something right you get right. some land to put some cows on to feed people right you can right. you can grow uh, grow like corn or some shit, right? Like, right. or maybe you know, grapes or something. Like, there's something there. Apples, what, what have you? Right. And but the answer, Bitcoin... may, the may, answer may come down to like cutting down this much of the rainforest for like cows. Definitely not worth it. But the cows are still there. Like, the cows are there, right? You'll get milk out of them. Right. But Bitcoin, you just put all this energy and money into, and it's a black hole. It's just a maw. It just sucks this it sucks power like, and it goes nowhere like there is no fucking it's like fucking what's his name in wolf of wall street uh matthew mccartney's like it's not real it's not fucking it's not a thing it's not you can't touch it what's funny is i thought i, I was gonna use the same logic to talk about the stock market which is it's horseshit like it's all just fucking yes. nonsense yeah but, but but you're right the difference is that bitcoin's terrible for the environment <laughs> it's just horrible and it's just gonna keep going up so like pretty soon it'll be like it uses as much power as mexico or and then pretty soon it's be like it's using as much power as Germany, and then eventually we're gonna get to it's its own thing and it's destroying. Um, it's literally you know what it is, dude. I, it's I just thought about this. It's those fucking machines from spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn. It's those fucking machines from Horizon Zero Dawn that eat biofuel. Yes, it's like they just <laughs> they just eat biofuel and then shit out black tar, right? Like that's right. all it is. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and people defend it. Like I said, they'll be like, well, we can use this. Like, I've seen, like, we can use this technology to make, um, like, ha- to, to put together a better healthcare system, right? Because, like, we can apply this blockchain technology towards this. And, and the thing is, so, like, it, like, when you get Bitcoin, I don't think, like, I think the blockchain technology, it, 
the Bitcoin is your reward for it and it's tied to it. But I think like the blockchain that you're producing can still be used. I don't, I don't know enough about mm-hmm. how the fuck this works. But my point is that like it's not being used that way and why? And the answer is because like it's just really not feasible to. You know what I mean? Like, like technically it could. But like, mm-hmm. th- like I said, there's a reason why it's not being used that way right now. And so, like, what the fuck are we doing all this for if you're just going to, you know what I mean? Like, people will defend it and be like, it could be super beneficial, but then it never is. So who the fuck, like, like, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, we're just destroying this for the possibility that eventually this may turn into something good. Yeah. But for right now, you're just being a bunch of dickheads about it. Also, just as the, the, like, red flag to me is that Mm -hmm. apparently there's this guy who owns, like, an ignorant amount of it, and nobody knows who the fuck he is. And if he, if, like, he has a fake name. It's, like, fucking Sakatashi fucking Nakatomi Plaza. I don't Mm -hmm. know what what his fucking (laughs) name is. But, like, he's, he's, like, the creator of it, and he's got, like, the, like, a giant stockpile of it that's, like, the original amount. Mm -hmm. And... If he were to take that and, like, and none of it's been touched, right? Nobody knows who it is. It's just there. But, like, I've read that, like, if he ever, like, sold that or, like, started using it, the value of this thing would come crashing down. So the fact that they're, because because it's basically viewed as an inaccessible pile of it right now. Mm -hmm. So, like, if it suddenly becomes accessible, the value is going to drop because now there's more in the market. You know what I mean? Right. You're flooding the market with it. Yeah. So. Nobody knows who the fuck this guy even is or why it's sitting there. Like, that should be your number one, like, maybe this is sketchy, is that, like, this whole thing could just go down in a heap because one guy has way too much of it, and nobody knows who he is or why he has it. Well, he just, like, lived by himself, he bought a shit ton, and then he died, and nobody's found him, and he's just dead in front of the computer, like... (laughs) Right. So it's like... World's richest man! (laughs) It's like, oh, shit. Right, and so that's, it's just nonsense. You know what I mean? I just do not trust it. Yeah. Any any version of this. And mm-hmm. also the stock mm-hmm. market. Yeah. I've got too many people that are like into the stock market now after the whole GameStop thing. Oh yeah. And yeah. I'm like it's funny cuz they're like they're into it and then like I'm not into it at all and even there's some things where I can see that they're confused as to why it works this way. I'm like why are you like if you're starting to do this, you should know more about it by now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I um <clears throat> uh what was I going to say? So, oh, um, somebody was saying they're like, for me, like the stock market market shit, it's like, if it gets to me, by the point it's it gets to late. me, any news, it's too late. Yeah. yeah it, I, it's way too late. That Like, think of all, there's so many people that jumped on the GameStop, like after the thing already happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, nah, now when the value actually goes down, all of you are fucked. <laughs> and it's because like, everybody wants to be the guy that like, figured it out and made a ton of money without having to do something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's all just sketchy. So I'm not fucking. I, I, I'm not fucking with the stock market. I'm not fucking with Bitcoin. I'm not fucking with any of these cryptocurrencies. It's all just get rich quick scheme. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So that's where I stand on that. But uh, so uh, super super quick. Uh, Bobby Schmurder's out. Woo! So uh, especially because we were talking about the table thing a couple yes. weeks ago, bro. There's so many clips of like just that are killing me right now. Like the Avengers, didn't you send me that? Yeah, like the Avengers yeah. where he throws it's the Thor's axe going through the crowd, not going through but it's fucking uh, his hat that he's his hat, yeah, <laughs> from the video, and then, and then it comes back to him. And it's just him sitting there, and Thanos turns around, and he's like, <gasps> and he's doing this money dance. God, shit kills me. 
Uh, and did you see the the Mark Phillips one? Those guys did one. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> we gotta get Waka Flocka on it. It's, it's, it's it's like, like, oh, uh, Rich Homie Quan. Yeah, uh, we get Fetty uh, Wap. Fetty Wap. <laughs> uh, uh, they're not making music like that anymore. <laughs> God. He's like, this is Murder Bitch, the the, the remix to Bobby Bitch. <laughs> and then and then he's like, he's like, then he's like, let's do something. Nah, it has to be something new, and it's a completely new bitch in, or a new beat. And then he just does the, uh, the Murder Bitch thing again. <laughs> he just dance. It's the Murder Bitch. Murder Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby's free, um, and you're uh, you're you're camping. You were obviously recording this episode, so you didn't die. I didn't die. I didn't get Voorhees. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It was actually really nice. Like I said last week, um, you know, it was on um, in Ashboro, and the camping ground was huge. Like, and when we recorded, I thought it was gonna be like three or four, just like little cabins, but they were like twenty, twenty five of those things all around oh, the campus. Damn. Site. And they were all like, like pretty well secluded. Like I would look out and I could like the window, but the way they were placed is like the big window that faces out. It just faced out into the woods. But then the little windows, you could see like people. But it was like across some trees. Um, and I would say about seventy-five percent of the cabins had somebody there when we were there. Like we would oh, drive yeah. as we would drive out, you would see cars parked there and stuff. But it, it was good. And I, 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 I was never uh, once I saw that there were that many people there. I was like, okay, like. All right, like I don't feel as, as scared. I, I, you know, I was like, I'm not gonna get bored. He's, um, but yeah, it was a good time. So I, I definitely recommend it. And it's called Getaway. If, if you live in North Carolina and want to just relax, um, but even if you don't, I think there's a they're in a bunch of cities. But I I can't. I don't know how nice those are. But the ones in Ashboro were really nice. Solid. All right, guys. Well, um, that'll be the episode for the week. So um, if you want to catch me on social media, catch me at Team Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. And if you want to catch the podcast directly, you can catch us at DiffAnimalsPod um, on Instagram or Twitter. Or you can email us directly at DifferentAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. As always, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. See you guys. Peace.